In this episode of Men's Bible Study, we continue our series entitled, Jesus Puts the Stud in Bible Study. Our associate minister to the Missions and Discipleship Ministries, Justin Katabe, shares his story about how God delivered him from alcohol and lust addiction. He includes decisions he made as a believer and includes a challenge for us at the end. Now let's listen to Justin Katabe's story. Well, praise the Lord. It's good to be here this morning with a funny accent here. This morning, first of all, my name is Justin Katabe. And uh, like uh, Pastor Justin says, I'm from Zambia, originally from Zambia. And uh, it's hard to start to speak with uh, the news we've had about uh, the Brazilian lady and the pierced man. And so it, it's, it's good to be here this morning to celebrate our Lord Jesus Christ. Every day is a day of celebration for us as believers. And I just felt today that I would talk a little, a little more about myself to kind of introduce myself and just tell you about my journey with the Lord and how God has brought me this far and I've found no fault in Him. And I, I, I want us to turn our Bibles to the book of uh, second, sorry, 3 John, 3 John verse 2, 3 John verse 2. You know how we live our lives as, as, as people, we live to perform for others, we perform for others, we, we dress up in order for others to be able to uh, see us, or we do things for others, and sometimes others will be able to um, they'll be able to uh, misunderstand us. You know, I have a story where uh, this, uh, this gentleman used to go to church with his wife, and every day when they arrive at church, he would get out of the car, go to the other side of the car and open for his wife, and his wife gets out of the car, and they go in church. And so constantly every Sunday he does that, and so there was uh, a lady that uh, really admired what, uh, what uh, this guy was doing for his wife, opening the door the time when they arrived at church. And so she asked the lady, she says, aren't you blessed to have a husband like that? A husband who comes and just uh, opens the door for you every Sunday, we see him open the door for you. And then she said, actually, the door is broken, so it can't open from inside. So that's why he goes around and opens for me. Now, there are situations like that in life where we misunderstand what is really going on, the reality of things. And so today, as, I, as we look at this scripture, I want us to be able to see how God wants us to dethrone ourselves so that he can get on the throne of our lives. From this scripture, the Bible says, Beloved, I'm reading from New King James Version. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. 
just as your soul prospers. In other words, in the proportion that your soul prospers, you need to prosper in all things. That's a prayer for, uh, that he prayed. I want you to prosper in your life, in all things, not just some things. And be in health. Health is a great thing, and most of us, uh, when we start to reach uh, middle age, and uh, we start to get concerned about our health, and things start to happen. I, I remember when I just turned 50, I noticed that my knees started to give me problems. And so I was concerned about that. And I said to the Lord, God, this is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that God wants me to be in health at all times. And so I started to speak to my knees. And I said to my knees, knees, you better behave. Because this is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I hate sickness and disease. And so I will not subject my knees to pain and all the stuff that are going on. And I did that a number of uh, days, a number of weeks, and uh, the pain ceased. I don't have pain in my knees anymore. I believe in the power of God to deliver his people. And so, I am a man that uh, has been through a number of addictions in my life. And one of the addictions I had was uh, alcohol. I started to drink at the age of 12. And uh, as I was growing up, the, the problem with alcohol was also growing within me to a point where I started to drink every day of my life. Every day when I was in high school, when, I, when we get off from work, uh, from school, I would go with my friends and we'll go drink every day. And so it became a problem in my life that um, it was a concern. I was concerned that uh, my life would be destroyed because I had seen some people who had been, been destroyed in our neighborhood with alcohol. And so on, uh, in 1981, on uh, uh, New Year's Eve, my elder sister, who had been a Christian for some time, for me, I had just given my life to the Lord six months before that. And I was still struggling as a Christian with alcohol problems. And so I felt I needed to, I had prayed over this problem in my life. I had asked God to deliver me and nothing was happening. Six months passed with the problem. Every, every, every Monday I would be sober. Tuesday I would be sober. Wednesday, I just become weak. I couldn't help it. I had to drink. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'm drinking. Saturday night, I remember being drunk 
by my bedside asking God to forgive me because tomorrow I'll be in church. And I remember going to church Sunday with uh, a hangover. And I'm thinking, well, uh, I wonder who's going to be next to me because when I breathe, uh, you know, the, that breath of alcohol would just uh, touch my neighbors in church. And I was embarrassed about that. And so I was asking God to deliver me. And on that day, New Year's Eve 1981, I, was, I went to a, an overnight prayer meeting. I had never been to an overnight prayer meeting. I didn't even know what, ha what happens there. But my sister was going, so she invited me to go. And I said, will I last, starting from 8 p.m. to 6 in the morning, they were going to pray. And I was like, I've never prayed before. I've, I mean, my prayers are, you know, three seconds or something. I don't know how to pray. How will I last for uh, these hours that I'm gonna be in church? I went, and by the grace of God, nobody prayed for me, and my, my only pr uh, request to God was, God, deliver me. I don't like what I do. I, I don't like the fact that my, my dad sees me, uh, you know, in this, in the, in this fashion. And that night, somehow the Lord touched me. And from that night, it's been over 40 years now, I believe, from 1981, would it be 40 years? 41 years. Never touched alcohol anymore because of the power of Jesus to set free. I was plagued with sexual lust. I struggled in my Christian life as with uh, just lust. I just couldn't control myself. And I prayed, and I was asking God, God, please, please deliver me. I don't want to live a life like this. And I do not know the exact day or how that happened. I just found myself delivered from sexual lust. And I've been free since. So these are some of the problems that we face as men. Some of the problems that we have not even shared with anybody in our lives, because it's, a, it's embarrassing. When the day comes like this, we put on the Christian face and everything about us to be able to act out our Christian lives. But listen to, to this scripture. He says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. God's desire for our lives is to prosper. Now, so many times as Christians, when we talk about being prosperous, we think of money. 
Here the, the, the writer says, in all things, not just money, whatever you lay your hand to do as a believer, God wants that to prosper in your life. Whatever we do, we, we, my family and I came to the United States, best country that we've ever been to, in, 19, in 2001. And one of the things that we saw was that uh, in this country, if you have no insurance, it can be hard for you to be able to live a healthy life. And so we gathered our kids and said, we have no insurance, so guys, don't get sick. Don't just get sick. Tell Jesus that we will not be sick in this, in this, in this family. That we will trust God every day of our lives to walk a healthy life. And none of our kids since 2001 has ever been to a doctor. Because Jesus has been able to take care of us till today. We trust Jesus for our lives. One of the things that God spoke to me as a young believer was that I needed to do three things. Number one, to love him with all my heart and to let him do what he wants to do with my life. And that was to dethrone myself, to stop being in charge, to be able to submit my ego to Christ so that he may be able to work his wonders in me and through me. And the second thing was that I was going to love my family above everything else, not above God, but anything else. I was going to love my family and dedicate myself to our children and to my wife. To be able to love my wife and respect her. And at that time, I squashed out the word divorce. We will not divorce. I'm committing myself to this family. I'm committing myself to my wife. And you know how hard it is to live uh, with another person that you, you know. Even sometimes it's, uh, it's even harder to live with uh, people that you are close to. But there was a decision that was made to follow Jesus, to love him, and follow his commandments. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And so I started a journey to love God, keeping his commandments. Loving my wife, loving my family, my children, and dedicating my time and my, uh, my time to my wife and my children. Thank God he blessed me to be able to control my, my time, uh, you know, in, in most cases. 
And so that time which I controlled, when we came to the States, apparently, I, I, my wife was the one who was coming to school. And I came on, on sabbatical. I gave her as a gift that I will take you to school. I will look after the kids and spend time with them, help them with homework and everything that I have to do for the kids. In the world today, apart from God, I've spent more time with my wife than anybody else in my life. And the second or the third people I've spent time with are my kids more than anybody else in my life. Because I treasure, I treasure relationships, and thank God he gave me a relationship with my wife that I could be able to grow with her and love each other and serve God together. And so we wanted to be examples to our kids that we don't only tell them what we want them to be or what we want them to do, but we allow ourselves to be examples, somebody they can watch and see and experience. And that is the best thing that we can ever do for our families. Make family here on earth, number one, because that's what God wants. And Jesus Christ said, Jesus Christ said the, these words, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. This third batch of love that I had to give was to you and I, to people that I meet. God told me not to undermine anybody in my life, not to look down on anybody, no matter what their experience in life is, no matter what their background is, but to express the love of Jesus at all times to people. Because I realized that, uh, you know, usually as human beings, when you, um, if you love somebody's kids, you'll see them love you back because you love their kids. And so I figured, here are God's children. If I love them, then God will appreciate the fact that I'm loving his kids. And so I've dedicated my life to be able to love the church, to be able to love God's people with all my heart, no matter where they're coming from, no matter who they are. Gentlemen, there's nothing to live for on earth if we cannot love one another. I believe that the reason why Jesus Christ left us on earth after we gave ourselves to him was because he wanted to reveal himself using us to touch people. He wants to touch people through us. First of all, he wants to change us. And that's where the soul comes in. I, want you, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, even as your soul prospers.
What is the prosperity of the soul? I believe the soul is, uh, I believe a human being, man is a spirit, he has a soul, and he lives in a body. And when we, as, uh, as uh, people of God, when we, are, we were created by God, he created us in his image and likeness. I believe the image of God is uh, three in one, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so he fashioned us as, as men, as women in the earth to be spirit, soul, and body. And the spirit gets saved because when, when Adam sinned against God, there was a separation between him and God. So when we give our lives to the Lord, our spirits are quickened, made alive toward God that we can now communicate with God. Then our soul, which consists of mind, will, and emotions, is the guy that needs to get saved here on earth. Because God doesn't take away our, our intellect. He doesn't take away our emotions, no matter how messed up they are. It has to be a process of salvation. And this is where James, James come in, in James chapter 1 and verse 21. He says, Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. And then he says, receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. So because this guy is not saved, he puts us in a lot of trouble. You know, one of the things that I, I, I have noticed uh, on the road it's like there's no gentleman on the road. When you get into a car, you just become another monster. You know, you, you, you don't give, we don't give chance to people like if, uh, if somebody wants to cut in in front of us, we just speed up. There's just something that, is, that works like that on the road. And I really believe that's the problem of the unsaved soul in us. The soul needs to be converted. The soul needs to change the way we look at others, the way we treat other people. There's a lot of change that needs to come in. The way we treat our spouses, the way we treat our children. God wants us to prosper. And I have always lived by that, that God wants us to prosper in all things. I remember when, I was, when we were ready to file in for our green cards, Five of us went to a lawyer, and the lawyer just gave us this huge bill that we could have paid. And I said to the Lord, God, 
does a scripture that says I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me apply to this? Can I do it myself, like apply for the green card myself? And I gave myself to read. Read everything about migrating to the U.S. Everything. I read and read and read and I made the application. And by the miracle of God, usually the green card takes people seven years. It came out within six weeks by the grace of God. Same with, uh, with uh, citizenship. It was going to be expensive for us to use a lawyer, but I really believe that Christ can help me. The Holy Spirit can help me prosper even in this area. And we, we became citizens in 2010 using our own applications. Then it came to my kids going to university. And I said to the, I, we, my wife and I sat down and we said, we are not going to allow ourselves to go in student, uh, student debt. Everyone in our household will be stood, uh, 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 what's the word? Debt free by the time they graduate from college. My wife was the first one to graduate from DBU and she was debt free. She went into a master's, she graduated debt free. My firstborn daughter went to university, graduated debt free. My son went to university, graduated debt free. Our last born doesn't want to go to university because she thinks it's a waste of time. But she, she's got a much better job than the ones who went to university. So that, that's, that, you know, she gets more money than the other two. So it's hard for me to say, hey, listen, you go to university and, you know, so. And so we've trusted God every moment of our lives, believed God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond what we can ask of him according to the power that is at work in us. He is able to do it. But the thing is, can you give him the throne of your life? Can he become in charge of your life? Can you relinquish your power to that throne in us, the ego that we have as men? Can we relinquish it and say, Jesus, I will follow you and I will be obedient to your word. And I'll let your word change me. So here the, the Bible tells us the word is the key to changing us. He says, take in the implanted or engrafted word of God that is able to change you, to save your soul. I have dedicated my life, gentlemen, I have dedicated my life to see the word of God change me in every area, even in areas that I would not like to change. 
Because there are some things that we want to hold on to as, as, as Christians. Even when the Holy Spirit has convicted us over and over over the same thing, but we just don't want to change. I ask God every day of my life, God, give me the grace to become like Jesus. Give me the grace to change. Let me dedicate my life to you. Every day of my life. Change people that I come across, that I meet, by the influence that you will bring into my life. God has given us all things that pertain to this life, the Christian life, even to this life that we lead in the earth. God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. We can become like Jesus. We have to just make a decision to follow. It's not by might nor by power, but by the spirit of the living God. He can change us. He can transform our lives if we are willing. So all I said to you men this morning, look inside you. Examine yourself. Paul said it this way, let every man examine himself and see whether you are in the faith. Sometimes we can have this shell of Christianity and there is nothing within that shell. We need every day to walk with the Lord. And like Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He wants us to live by his word every day. Ask him, Lord, is this of you as you live your life? There is greater joy. There is greater joy and fulfillment and peace when we walk in obedience to Jesus Christ. I hope this morning you will embrace Christ like I, I have decided to do. I hope each one of us will be able to say in our hearts, Lord, I need you every day. I need you for my family. I need you to love you every day of my life. I need to be authentic. I need to be able to walk with you the way you want to walk with me. And I've seen God's faithfulness to change us, to deliver us, if we are able to give that which is troubling us to him and release it and say, Jesus, take over. Let me pray. Our God and our Father, we are so grateful for who you are what you want us to become is a testimony in the earth and lord at this time we surrender our lives to you and ask that oh god by your spirit you will transform us into the likeness of the lord jesus christ we want to be known as your disciples because we love one another. And I pray that, oh God, you will give us many opportunities to be able to testify of your goodness and just be able to 
love people into the kingdom. We thank you and we bless you for all that you do in us, what you have done in time past, and what you continue to do. I pray that you may cause these men to prosper and be in health, even as their souls prosper. May the prosperity of their souls be assured, O oh God, as they submit and as I submit myself to your word. Help us to live by your word every day of our lives. We give you honor and we give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. 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 The Lord richly bless you, love you all. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. For more information about Cottonwood Creek Church, visit cottonwoodcreek.org. And we hope you come back to listen to future episodes of Men's Bible Study.